This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program this beautiful November 19th, Wednesday. So glad to have you here with us on Morning Breath. We're a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. We take a chapter of the Bible, spend some time in the Word, read it. Uh, spend some time with Jesus, just talking to him, praying, just asking God for help. And then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island campus. We read the chapter on the air. I and a co-host then talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Good, Pastor Dan. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. It's good to be here. Yeah, as yeah. always. Thanks. Good. Thanks for being here. Good times. Looking forward to talking about sex and marriage. Yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a definitely a 1 Corinthians chapter 7 issue. Uh, really, the whole chapter is dedicated to uh, some things of that nature, and so we're going to get into it here in just a minute. You do get to talk about that in the Bible context. Yes, which is it awesome, is. Yeah. you know, which is, uh, unfortunately, you know, not a lot of uh, churches have have handled this the situation or the subject well. You know, I went and did a uh, seminar in Guatemala, like a three-night seminar on uh, Christian sex, marriage, and dating, and uh, the response was incredible because, you know, every every place and every part of the world has a little bit different brokenness in this area. And uh, the brokenness that they had there that was still in the Christian church, even though people become Christians and start to live for God, they still had their old, you know, sexual traditions and families and histories and all that stuff. And they continued down road just because of habit and, you know, what they've been taught before. And because it wasn't taught in the church much, and because it wasn't, nobody jumped up and said, hey, wait a minute, what, doesn't it say something in the scripture about that? People continue to go down that road, so God in his mercy and grace has given us good instruction on how to get some things fixed. Awesome. We <clears> want <throat> you to be able to uh, to read along with us, as so we want you to join us on the show by uh, getting a morning breath guide. Uh, so there's a few ways you can do that, and that way you'll know ahead of time that we were going to be in this chapter, and you could be all prepped up. Go to the pod, or I'm sorry, go to, I always read the word podcast, and then I say it. Uh, go, go. I'm going to cover it up. Go to the app, <laughs> and download the East Coast app, and on there is a podcast button, yes. and from there you'll get to morning breath, and there is a morning Breath Guide, so you can also listen to past podcasts of the show. You can do the same thing on our website, eccc.us, and you can also call the office, 452-1060, and you can ask us to email or mail you a Morning Breath Guide, and that can be done. While you're on the app or the website, make sure you check out all the stuff that's going on at East Coast. we got an events page. we got a page that's got all our sermons on it. You can go to our YouTube page. Lots of stuff happening uh, that you can see. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's good times. God's good to us. Um, I don't know that we got really a lot to go to, and then the chapter's pretty long. So. Yeah, not a lot of announcements because it's just uh, we're 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 in the run up to Christmas. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a lot going on in a short period of time coming up. But let's just say hello to Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Good to have you here with us. We're yeah. running the show. Yeah. We always get to marvel at your beautiful blue headphones. That we don't <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I'm I'm special with look my at headphones. look at me, Nick. Look look me in the eye. Okay, just checking. I thought I was wondering if they made your eyes look more blue, but oh. no, don't do it. So, yeah, you got are your eyes. Yeah, I think what? you have to pay extra for that. Okay, you, yeah. okay. It's like a it's like a feature you can. Add send on. Cool, very cool. <laughs> like some contacts they send with it. Nice, that'd be awesome. That's perfect. You're funny. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read from the New King James. We Mark is two. Yep. First Corinthians chapter seven. We're New King James guys, and uh, there are forty verses. 
So we're going to split it right down the middle. I'll read the first 20. You read the last 20. 2020. 2020. Looks good, Pastor Dan. It's almost 2020. (laughs) I say unto you, read, sir. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one that in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them to remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than burn with passion. Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? But as the Lord is distributed to each one, as the Lord is called to each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Verse 20. Let oh, each sorry. one remain in the same <laughs> calling in which he was called. I was all ready to jump on I 20. I get it, My man. bad. 2020. Yeah, three minutes. Verse 21. <laughs> My turn. Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for I'm sorry, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess and those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care, 
He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly toward his virgin, if she has passed the flower of her youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin. Let them marry. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has so determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. So then he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. But she is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment. And I think I also have the Spirit of God. Amen. You know, some of the questions I've asked when I read this chapter is, was what was going on culturally in that area, Corinth, what was coming on the earth, you know, in that season? Because some of what he says here towards the end about, you know, how difficult it was going to be to be married and to care for your wife, and uh, maybe it was uh, safer even. I get the impression he's even saying it might be safer to be single, um, less, uh, less uh, you know, danger of, you know, seeing destruction in your life. I mean, just for example, if uh, if I, uh, my wife and three small children try to run from a disaster, we don't run as fast as yeah. my wife would or I would on our own. You know, it's sure. just not, not that thing. So I've, I've wondered about that too when I read this and thought, is he saying that? Because one of the things I take issue with and try to understand here is this part where he says, so he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. And Paul is definitely in this situation, in this chapter, really making the point that celibacy is better than marriage. And that's hard for me to justify from the rest of the word. There's a lot of the word that doesn't bear that out. In fact, if we go to the law of first reference in Genesis chapter 2.18, and we see it's not good for man to be alone, yeah. and God's making that determination where God could have easily made man celibate from the beginning and, you know, not had that, you know, issue where... It, and it isn't just celibacy from the sense of a sexual, I can, I can do without the sexual end of my life being fulfilled, so I'm not going to marry. The sexual end of your life is just one aspect of what a relationship is about. And I mean, relationships are awesome, and, and sex and marriage is awesome, but there's a lot more in marriage than sex. And there's a lot more relationship and fellowship and support and working together and being changed and, you know, having God work in your heart through your spouse and all the things that go on. And so it's a little difficult for me to, and it always has been as I've read this chapter. I've read this chapter dozens of times in my lifetime, but it's always hard for me to kind of get my heart around where Paul's coming from and what he's saying here on this better part. And uh, I can see it better in some areas. But I can also see marriage better in some areas. And so it's to me, it's not a, this is better than that. But the, what it really boils down to for me is which, is, which is God's will for your life? And whatever that is, you should pray and believe towards that. Yeah. 
in your life. And so it's it's always been a little conflicting for me, this chapter. I don't know if you ever, ever had any conflict reading oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I, I get all kind of, I Paul is, at the same time, both <clears throat> my favorite New Testament writer and most confusing. <laughs> I'll buy that. Yeah, so there's some, t- I mean, he, later on, and I forget exactly where, but in another book, he says that the picture of marriage is the picture of Christ in the church. Right, yeah. And Ephesians, same guy, I believe, says that, yeah. Same guy. So, yeah. Uh, Paul, I think, is writing a lot from, you know, what he's gifted with on his own, which he refers to earlier in the chapter. He says, you know, in verse 7, I wish that all men were as myself, but each one has his own gift from God. That means he's been given the ability uh, to live a celibate life, and it doesn't bother him. Right. Um, And he he admits not everybody's got this, and I think, you know, most people don't have that. But I think, too, his point is, and, and I think we could probably understand this, too, Pastor Dan, is that there's a time when God calls you to do things, and your first thought is, okay, how do I talk to my family about this? Exactly. Whereas if you don't have that, you're like, okay, God, and off you go. Yeah. And I, that's the life Paul lived, and he really thrived and loved it. And so he's saying, this is, for me, this is a great life. When yep. God tells me to go here, I go here. I don't have to ask anybody. I don't have to talk anybody into it. I don't have to go leaving somebody behind and leaving part of my heart behind. I'm just all in on Jesus. And that's that, that's what he's talking about. It's a big about. deal. It is. And especially doing what he did. I mean, he's the trailblazing apostle going to the world with the gospel. Oh, he's only stoned to death, you know, and arrested several times. And, you know, if you're doing that with your family, mm. that's a whole nother, you know, sort of ballgame. Would you be as bold knowing you're risking your wife's life yeah. with your life? And that's that's the challenges that he didn't face. And, and he... He he's an incredible guy. Yeah, he didn't got got incredible things done because of it. So that's it. And I would so I, I think really the overwhelming thing that that I would take from this from what you just said is that this isn't something that because because you don't fit Paul's lifestyle that you don't fit necessarily Paul's calling doesn't mean that you're not called and that you're not anointed and appointed exactly. to the same degree and to the same level just in a different way. Yep. Neither you and I are sitting in here. Uh, we're we're full-time vocational pastors in the kingdom of God, and we're both married, and so is every other pastor on our staff. Um, that's <laughs> yep. That's just the way it is. And yep. That's okay, and we're not. I mean, we're 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 glad. It's the choice that we that, that we made, and we're happy. I'm, I wouldn't trade my marriage for anything in the world. But I do understand that there is there is conflict that comes along with it. Um, and we could say a lot about that part of it. I was thinking a little bit more of just the practical side of things. And the opening part, this this part has always been uh, interesting to me. The opening of the chapter, when he he's first, you know, in chapter six, he talked about all the stuff that was like, okay, we got to stop this sexual brokenness. Yes. Now let's talk about how to do it right, and that's what he gets into in chapter seven. And he talks about how the let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. This, to me, has always been a very interesting verse from a practical perspective, because as a man, typically our desire for our wife's body is for intercourse. That's what we get turned on, we're visual, we see our wife, we want to we wanna do all that stuff. Do all our that wife... stuff. <laughs> Way to sum it up, Mark. <laughs> our, wi- our wife looks at our body and doesn't always react that way, but she still has a desire for it. And I've thought about this over the years, and I had some interesting conversations, and to me it was just kind of a, you know, the light came on for me one day. The Holy Spirit was helping me. You know, when my wife looks at my body, it's not necessarily because she wants me to, to you know, run upstairs with her. It might be because she would like my body to get something she can't reach. Mm. She would like my body to take out the trash. Mm. She would like my body to go to work and be a provider. Mm. She would like my body to paint the room. Yep. And if I'll do that, and if I'll do that with my body, 
then she might do something with her body. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think guys need to think about that because we get single. We, I mean, we're guys. We get one track minded sometimes. And frankly, I can look back at my life. And, you know what? I've been a jerk to my wife sometimes because I wasn't getting what I wanted. Yep. But I wasn't considering the fact that, you know what? Her, she has authority over my body. And I need to be looking for how can I serve her. Yep, that's a great that's a great answer. That's It'll super practical. Life. It really will. And you know, we found out in you know early on in our lives that we loved each other differently. Not just in the male female end, but her family was a very uh, do something for you family, but not very verbal or affectionate family. So her family showed love by the way they did life. You know, the house was perfect. You know, the dad, you know, paid all the bills, worked really hard, did homework with the girls, you know, played softball with them. He was always super involved. Um, But never once did my wife ever hear, I love you. Mm. And then we had the same situation on my side, only my dad hardly ever did anything. You know, our our shed was uh, a shed of old dressers filled with rusty tools and uh, just, you know, a mess. Carolyn's dad's garage, you could go and eat off the floor and find any size bolt you wanted on the planet he had in a baby food jar. And so, but my family was super affectionate, said, I love you all the time. We hugged. We never went to bed without saying goodnight. I love you. God bless you. So now not only do you have the male-female thing coming into the marriage, but you have the way you were brought up cultural thing coming into the marriage. And this really doubled down on my weakness in this area. My weakness of what you do is not important. What you say is important. Carolyn, it really doubled down on her weakness. It's not what you say is important. It's what you do is important. And so we both seemed like we got even further apart in these areas. And I had to learn that my body is a tool for my wife. And if that means that's a garage cleaning tool, that's great. If that means it's a, you know, the putting mulch out in the front yard tool, that's great. Whatever it comes to on my end, it, it's important. And that's where I see marriage is incredibly important because I needed to grow in those areas. I needed no, I don't think anybody I know right now would say I'm the kind of guy that doesn't do anything or doesn't get things accomplished or just talker and not a doer or, you know, just affectionate and not, you know, accomplisher. None of those things are true anymore. But part of the reason that that's not true in my life is I learned a lot of that through marriage. Hmm. I learned a lot about getting up and going to work every day through marriage. Because if I didn't get up, guess what? My wife would see me laying in bed there and that didn't work. That won't work in a marriage. And so I got up and I went to work and I pushed through and I built habits and I grew. And Carolyn did the same thing on her end. She's a better person. I'm a better person now because we were married. I think uh, the the person who's called a celibacy must be a pretty complete person and not need that dynamic that your spouse can add to change your life. Because I certainly needed what Carolyn's added to my life. Carolyn's super thrifty. I'm like, I'm not, period. You know, just like I see something, I want to buy it. That's okay, moving on. That's good. And I don't ever think about, oh, I, I spent money there. Uh, no big deal. If I had it, I mean, I have, I get an allowance and that's the money I'm spending. All right, I'll, I'll spend it. Like Carol, so, whoa, I spent $15 for that purse at the Goodwill. And well, I don't know if I should have spent that much. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, that's $200 purse you got for 15 bucks, you know, da-da-da, who cares? (laughs) But we've we've grown into better people because of our influence in one another's life. And that's the part that's so valuable. And I guess celibate people are just 
pretty perfect. Yeah, well, that's why that's why Paul says it's a gift. You know, you have to have a gift from God to be able to walk that stuff out. I, I can echo that in a big, big way. I'll never forget the time, um, and I, I can't remember the details of what was being said, but I remember that we were having a conversation, and my wife was talking to me, and as she was talking, I heard the Holy Spirit, plain as day, say, I'm talking to you right now out of her mouth. Oh, nice. And I thought, and that that's just, I, I can remember where I was standing. I remember where she was nice. standing. And, and I, I thought, man, and like you're saying, I wouldn't have that if I was on my own. That's right. And that's incredible. And yeah. it's a lesson that I that I carry with me. And a lot of times when I hear her talking, I, I remember that lesson. And I go, okay, I'm going to tune in right now because I think the Holy Spirit's reminding me of that for a reason. So, uh, so are you saying that occasionally you've tuned out when your wife was talking? <laughs> Once or twice. Well, I'm just going to have to admit that, too, that I, I know you do that as well. No, that I do. I do that as well. Yeah, that's real easy to do. But like you say, and I mean, we could go back and find examples of that in Scripture. I mean, Moses and his wife and, you know, not not circumcising his children and doing what he was supposed to. And she goes and circumcised children, calls him a bloody guy, you know, uh, yeah. you know and and has to speak for for God in a situation because Moses was letting something go. And it was actually, I think, his marriage relationship that was slowing him down from doing that because his wife didn't come from that background. Mm. And now he's going to do something really foreign, uh, you know, in yeah. that sense. And like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. This is like my wife's going to freak out, yeah. you know, if I do this. <laughs> And then she finally goes, look, we're running into this because you haven't done what you were supposed to do. So let's get this done. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's tons of value that way. And I also want to encourage you out there. This, I believe that this chapter is telling you if you're not married and uh, you don't have a gift of celibacy, and I can tell you how to know if you don't have the gift, gift of celibacy. And quickly, uh, it's, it's very simple. If you don't desire to be single, then you don't have the gift. Yeah. You should that should be should be something you want, you desire, and you you walk in. Uh, but if you're not married and you want to be married, I believe when I read this chapter, this would give me tremendous confidence to pray and seek God and believe God for a mate. And that He said, you know, that God. It would not be fair of God to say it's better to marry if there was no option for you to ever get married. Yeah. So don't give up. Uh, believe God, trust God. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. And I think that works for a husband as well. And so if if you are in that situation and you want to be married, get married. Here's the other thing I say. Don't fall into the if-only trap. Here's the if-only trap, and you can do it married or single. It doesn't matter. The if-only is if, if, if my wife would only da-da-da, then I'll da-da-da. If my husband would only, you know, Da-da-da, then I'll da-da-da-da-da. And we always put this, our joy, out in the future when something changes. When, And a lot of it is stuff we don't even have any any control over. Like, I, um, I will be happy when Mark says, you know, blah, blah, blah. What if Mark never says blah, blah, blah? What Dan never says to Mark, blah, blah, blah? Am I going to base my joy and my love and my my live my life in an incredible way right now based on that? No way. I'm going to live my life in such a way right now that is a blessing. And you know what? I'm going to trust God for change. Yeah. And I, I would like it if my wife would blah, 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 or you would, or anybody would. I, I could enjoy that, but I am not going to live my life if only 
then I'll be happy. And single people, don't do it. Don't say, I'll be happy when I get married. Be happy now. Start to rejoice and live your life in a full way now. It's easier now than it will be then. Absolutely <laughs> is. And, you know, and if you are married, you know, I go back to what we were talking about with verses 3 and 4. Start doing the things you can control. You yeah. know, you can't control if your husband is going to do this or if your wife is going to do that, but you can control what you're going to do. You can control if you're going to be the person who serves first. The Bible says that, you know, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. As a, as a husband, if I'm frustrated in my marriage, the first thing I need to stop and do is go, what should I be doing right now to serve my family to serve my wife? How can I give myself for her? Because I'm called as the man, I'm talking to men right now, we're called to take the lead in being servants in our home. And so if if there's a, an area where you feel like, man, I feel like I'm not being served well, well, start serving. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Yep. And so now what? Now, now billions of people are serving Jesus because he came and served us first. And so I think if we will take the bull by the horns and be the first ones to start serving our wives, man, the, the world will become our oyster. Amen. And we'll be right back after this break. Alrighty. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. People often say kids are like sponges. Their powerful young minds will soak up anything and everything. This is true, especially during their toddler years, which is why it is important that they be in a fun, friendly, God-centered learning environment like East Coast Christian Academy. We offer activities in the areas of social, emotional, physical, and spiritual to guide those minds toward all that they were created to be. Contact Cindy Smith for more information at 453-KIDS. That's 453-5437. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Commercial Real Estate Services. Scott Langston, senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you how having a professional can make a difference in your buying, investing, or leasing commercial property. Scott Langston, 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Now go out there and make it a great day. TNT, the new thing, church for the fired up teenager. Come out for a night of worship, growth, and good times every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at East Coast Christian Center. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 149. For frequent updates and events, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 915 and 1045. With a high-energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Pastor Mark was saying as we were closing up the first part of the program about, you know, doing our part, uh, taking the bull by the horns, getting in there and maybe, you know, uh, making sure that we're serving, making sure we're doing something. Here's something that I've observed throughout my life. It shouldn't only be this way, but it is this way quite a bit. A lot of the times our wives are uh, not initiators, but they res- they're responders. 
And so they respond to, I mean, you, you can check it out, guys. Just go home in a bad mood and see how your wife responds. You know, go home in a good mood and see how your wife responds. You know, do something kind for your wife and see how your wife responds. Do something mean to your wife. I'm not encouraging these things, by the way. <laughs> only do that once. Uh, yeah, only do that once. <laughs> and see how your wife responds. A lot of the times, women are meant to be responders. Men are meant to be initiators. Uh, and in leadership, that's part of what we do. So le- being a servant leader which is the only way you are a leader in the Bible nowadays, being a servant leader at home, you set yourself up for great responses from your wife as you initiate good things in your marriage and in your family. Then your wife and family respond to those things. And it's it's a tremendously uh, valuable principle. So take what Mark said and get out there and get busy and be that servant leader in your family. That's super important. It'll change your life. It really will. Change your marriage. Yeah, it will. And your kids will be a lot happier at home, too, when their Absolutely. parents are happy. Yeah, that's for real. We got to go. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.